welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 8th of April 2023 and the episode title is It's Only a Draft. High Level Games is in the spotlight this month as voted for by patrons. I have got in touch with High Level but it's the Easter break for many of us and I've used their contact form. In Geek Native's experience those forms can be slightly prone to being eaten by spam gremlins, so I might reach out via social media. I don't do that immediately because it feels a bit aggressive, a bit stalky and a bit high pressure. Indie publishers don't need that in their lives. I'll talk about a popular CEO stepping down from an RPG and board game publishing studio in just a bit. And I'm linking the idea of avoiding pressure to have more fun in your life here. But first, let me say that there will be no Audio EXP podcast next week. Why not, you might ask? So, let me tell you, I'll be at an RPG and games convention. And I'm going to the first in-person compulsion here in Edinburgh since the dread virus swept out of, well, we may never know. I do know. That compulsion is on, and I will be playing my first ever facing game, my first Stars Without Number game, and a game of Avatar Legends, which I have played before, but it deserves more of my time. Phil Reed is stepping down as the CEO of Steve Jackson Games. He is staying with the studio, still doing creative stuff, but he isn't behind the wheel anymore. He's grown the company and done this through troubled times. He's also attempted to diversify, ensuring that those big title games that must drive so much revenue aren't driving all the income. Munchkin, I'm looking at you. Phil has also had a string of amazingly successful Kickstarters, so he'll be spending less time at Steve Jackson Games and more on those. No one is being promoted from within Steve Jackson Games to replace Phil, and Steve isn't stepping into the position. The new boss comes from an area I know little about. Painting minis. She is Meredith Placo, the boss of Turbo Dork, and Meredith is staying the boss there too. What does this mean for Steve Jackson Games' future? I don't know Meredith, but I'm sure she's fantastic. She plays GURPS. If SJG had appointed an RPG name to the role, then we could predict more RPGs in the studio's future. Or if it had been a tabletop games name, then more of those. Meredith, I think, is in the middle grounds. Now, there is a statement from Meredith, but apparently she's so excited, rather than speaking, it's sort of screechy dinosaur sounds. Hey, I make those too. Leaving Draft and also becoming a new thing is Tales of the Valiant. Tales of the Valiant is what Cobalt Press's Project Black Flag has become. The clue, the reminder, was in the name. Black Flag was a project. The rule set that is Tales of the Valiant will come to Kickstarter in just a bit and you can sign up for alerts now. There will be two books, The Player's Guide and The Monster's Vault. Once released, there's also a license that cannot be meddled with, and that will govern the core fantasy role-playing rules. 
Anyone else can use those for their games. Why isn't there a GM's book? Well, perhaps that will come later. Perhaps that will be setting specific and the clever new supplement model for Tales of the Valiant will be settings come rule engine tweaks worth buying. Now, there have been a few releases this week. One is the release of Chaosium's basic role-playing universal game engine for Orc. Orc has the same origins as Project Black Flag. It is a response to Wizards' previous attempt to mess with the open gaming license. Orc is being coordinated but not owned by Pezio, so getting Chaosium on board is significant. I'm excited, as basic role-playing is the guts of games like Call of Cthulhu and one I recommend, Rivers of London. However, I wasn't expecting this so soon. As far as I know, Orc is still in draft. That's the title of this RPG-heavy news podcast this week. I guess Chaosium is so confident with how Orc is going that they felt it was okay to release the basic role-playing system ahead of any final rubber stamps. I may ask contacts. It feels a bit cheeky, and I may have misunderstood, but it might become very important later. There's another new release out this week which has my attention, but since we're talking D&D, let's stick with that for this week's drama. When Watsy backed away from the mess that the attempt to tinker with the OGL had become, they decided to make the 5e rules Creative Commons. They also set up a D&D's Creator Summit, and I saw people moaning that they weren't invited, but I thought it was a good idea get the community involved and re-establish that sense of shared ownership. However, it did not go well and Wizards of the Coast have now issued an apology and lessons learned statement. Wizards tried to do too much and tried to get people excited about the future. They probably wanted to move on, but people wanted to talk about the past. D&D fans needed to be reassured, not sold to. Wizards tried to do too much by running an in-person and and virtual event with people unfamiliar with the challenge. And it was a challenge, and there were technical problems for the virtual attendees. Reports say it became a bit of a roasting for Wizards. Now, I saw some important news that did come out, and it did so badly. Firstly, there was confusion around mixed heritage in the next version of D&D. Today... In 2023, you might describe a Labradoodle as being half Boodle and half Labrador, but you wouldn't look at a newborn human baby and use the word half combined with anything else to express their heritage. And that's tricky for a game with half orcs and half elves. Wizards will keep both, but will do so in a way that feels a little bit less like we're still in the 40s, or, you know, the 70s when D&D was born. The 70s were 50 years ago. The other bit of D&D news is that Wizards is dropping the one D&D brand. The next edition of D&D will simply be D&D, or D&D 5e, perhaps the 2024 edition. And I think this is clever. It's not D&D 5.5 or D&D 6. It's the same game with a wealth of content and creators already. 
This is clever because it makes it hard for any grassroots movement to boycott the next edition. Books will still say compatible with 5e or something like that, and the community will still support Hasbro's product. The second reason is that sense of ownership and the maze of content around it. With the rules now in Creative Commons, that maze could grow, and rather than try and set up a competitor brand with one D&D, Wizards are staying put in the centre of the 5e maze. All the roads will still point to Wizards game. And it may even be cheaper if it means managing fewer SKUs, leading to easier financing deals with popular titles. And deals like that must be on the radar now, given the movie's success. So, that other big release that has me pumped? It's a fantasy even older than D&D. It's a fantasy nearly old as Lord of the Rings. We're talking about Jack Vance's Dying Earth. Goodman Games has released the official Dying Earth setting for Dungeon Crawl Classics. As the name suggests, the Dying Earth is set in the far future where the world is strange and sometimes hard. D&D's magic system is sometimes described as Vanakin, and that's the idea that magic users must read and memorise a spell and then, as it's used, that knowledge is erased from memory and it must be learned again. Fancyan, as in Jack Vance, it was the Dying Earth books that introduced this idea, and they date back to the 50s. But, as is often the case, Audio EXP's highlight podcast is dominated by RPG chat, but not exclusively so. As a movie exclusive this week, Geek Native had to clip from Colonials. That's an indie sci-fi coming from Epic Pictures Group to the USA and other countries, but not the UK. Plot? Well, it's the resistance attempt to save humankind. Now, we seem to be mixing a lot of new and old fantasy and with sci-fi this week. It's Cowboy Bebop's 25th anniversary year. I just want to call out that Crunchyroll has a limited special edition with new and never-seen-before bonus material of Blu-rays on their store. However, the merch story of the week goes to Bronwyn, who explores why modern women are embracing retro fashion. It's been a popular topic on social media. One of the things that a group called the Retro Bunnies seem to have found aplenty is that the bright and retro dresses often get happy comments from people. So, in our outro, we have two bundles to highlight. The first is the horror indie RPG called Shiver. You can get the core rules and the supplements at the bundle of holding, but it's a flash deal, so you'll have to be brave swiftly. The second is called Morkborg 2, which is a dramatic title. It's not a new edition of Morkborg, but even more third-party content for the popular game, which is also at the bundle of holding. So, let's finish there, buy magical games, and keep safe. <laughs>